Hey guys, welcome back to or to Books, Booze, and Banter. I'm Shalina. And I'm Chelsea. Thanks for listening. What's up, (laughs) y'all? I hope you guys have been enjoying us back from our accidental hiatus. (laughs) Our unintentional break. Call it a sabbatical, if you will. Yeah, we didn't mean to, but... Where did we? We're back in the groove. Back and better than ever. So the drink we have today... Tell us all about it. What'd you make for us? It's a French 75. Oh, we (laughs) wicked. It's so fancy. (laughs) So fancy. (laughs) In our non-champagne glasses. Yeah. Listen, we have our specific drink glasses, which if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen because they're in pretty much every picture for the last like five or six episodes. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's got some gin, some simple syrup, some lemon, some champagne. Some cheap champagne. Yeah. Let's not let's not lead them on and think that we're doing bougie champagne. Because, no. Um, you know. Shout out to Trader Joe's. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> I just love Trader Joe's. They have everything. Except for the margaritas that are like wine based. That's gonna be a no for me. I don't think I've seen that and everything about that sounds not, wrong. Yeah. Have you never had the wine based margaritas? No. Yeah. So actually me and my esthetician were just talking about this like an hour ago because I had my last uh, laser hair treatment today and my hoo-ha is on fire. I bet. But it's okay. No big deal because the treatments like go up in intensity with oh. each round. And so like at first it wasn't that bad. Like they offer like a numbing cream that you mm-hmm. can buy for like 60 bucks. And I was like, no, it's fine. I've been getting waxes for like three years. I can handle it. And so it was perfectly fine up until these last two treatments. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, oh, God. I don't think I can handle this. It literally feels like somebody took a Claire's ear piercing gun in just every single spot on there. That's what it feels like. It's oh, no. So anyway, but it's fine. I survived. So it sounds like you need this drink is I what need, you're telling me. I need me. something refreshing, <laughs> something to cool me down. <laughs> sounds like you're telling me you need this drink. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. But let's see how it goes. Let's try it. I think I've had this drink before, like out at dinner. Yeah, or I've tried had it at a, a friend restaurant. Of mine or something. Homemade, not so much. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad. I definitely taste the gin in this one compared to a restaurant one. The restaurant ones, I don't know if they leave out the gin or they do less than the recipe. Yeah. But they're normal. Which, it's not bad though. But those are just normally like a lot sweeter and less ginny. But But I don't mind the gin in this one. Compared to like the the gimlet. gimlet. That was... (laughs) Oh, God. I, I have actually PTSD saw a recipe. from that. Yeah. I actually <laughs> saw a recipe whenever we were looking at drinks um, for a French gimlet. Oh. And I was like, hell no. Yeah, we're not trying that again. But this isn't bad. I feel like because this has more lemon mm-hmm. and the champagne, too, even though you can – because gin has a distinctive taste. It's not like vodka where you make a vodka drink and you can't usually taste can't it. taste mm-hmm. the vodka at all. Cheetos, my go-to. Yeah. This, um, like, you can taste the gin, but the other flavors complement it more. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's pretty good. Probably not something I would drink all the time, but I'm not mad at it for sure. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give it, like, a 7.5. I'll take it. Yeah. But, yeah, not definitely not something I'm going to drink more than one of. Especially now that it's getting warmer outside. I want something with ice. I know. Like, while I was at Trader Joe's, they had 
the blood orange Italian soda out. Mm. And so I specifically bought some with the intention of putting Tito's in there. I was just about to say, oh my gosh, I need and to get it, some of that so I can make a drink. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm excited about it. I love blood orange. Mm-hmm. There was actually another drink that was like a blood orange French 75 that Ooh. I was looking at. But I didn't know if Trader Joe's would have blood oranges. So I was like, um, well, I don't know. Gotcha. We'll just go with the regular. Yeah, we'll do the original. So we're picking a French drink because we're doing the Nightingale today. Which is set in France. It is. France during the war. World War II specifically. um, Yeah, in France right before Nazi occupation. Um, So yeah, that's where we're at. We will try to make this as light as possible since it is a very heavy topic. It is pretty heavy. I feel like... We did a pretty good job with the pretty girls one, so if we can do that, if we can if we can get through that, we can get through anything. <laughs> we I feel can like. get through anything, <laughs> except tender as the flesh. <laughs> Listen, just read it. <laughs> I don't know. Give it a try. Give I don't it a know try. If we can. It's really not that bad. I say that, but I've read a couple of books, which I won't mention them in case we end up doing them in the future, that haven't been similar to pretty girls like in story, but it's just been like stories where I feel like they could have gone a little bit harder in what the the reveal was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I just fucked up because I enjoyed Pretty Girl so much and something that was like the actual worst nightmare ever that these other things seem kind of pale in comparison? <laughs> I don't think it makes you like fucked up or anything because, I mean – I mean, true crime, especially now, is very much um, a fad. Not yeah. necessarily a fad, but maybe it's just more people are being open yeah. about the fact that it's they've like been so into it. It's like acceptable now. Yeah, it's more acceptable. But I mean, we all grow up. We all grew up watching Law and Order SVU. The same kind of shit happens. Yeah. And so I wouldn't call it fucked up. I would just say a product of your environment. Okay, because I've read them and I'm like. Mm. That is objectively horrible, but I'll keep reading. Could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> worse than pretty girls. <laughs> well, just worse than the the situation, and so that's why I'm like, I don't it know. It could just situation. it could. Well, no, 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 not saying pretty girls. The other two books that oh, I read. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Like in comparison. Um, okay. No, pretty girls. I don't. There's no way that could be worse. I was about to say, <laughs> what can be worse than that? I've had a couple of coworkers finally read it, and they're like, "Shay, wow, <laughs> that was a lot." I'm like, "I told you, I told you, I told you." Now, please listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so this book is pretty heavy too. Not quite as heavy as Pretty Girls, but the fact that it is heavy because obviously it's based on uh, true events. Well, it is historical fiction, um, but you know, not necessarily uh, fiction in the things that happened. Yeah, I've never really, like, read historical fiction before. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Unless you count Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> it counts. Because <laughs> then, yes, and I do enjoy that book. Then, yes, it counts. Um, so, I I didn't know if I was going to like this book or not. I love, no, I, what, um, historical fiction, specifically World War II historical fiction. Yeah. Or nonfiction, even. I like them both. My favorite genre. I don't know why, um, even, like, whenever I was a kid – loved it ever since like maybe like second grade or something whenever we read the diary of Anne Frank and I was just so intrigued by genocide I was just really fucking what does that say about me I don't know see and that's 
I don't, I don't understand my brain because I can listen to true crime stories and be into it and even see the shit that I see at work Mm -hmm. and be not fully desensitized, but I can compartmentalize a little bit. Right. And you know, every once in a while, something will just really hit you and, and get there, but I can accept that. But it's, fathoming like specifically the genocide that happened in world war ii mm-hmm. unspeakable horror like it makes me very uncomfortable i don't want to talk about it i don't want to look that at it wasn't all that long ago i know i think that's part of it is like when you're talking about that or like slavery and things like that and, and then, it wasn't like all the that tulsa race ago. massacre like it's on a much bigger scale mm-hmm. and so with true crime it's typically like individualized or just a a smaller amount of people even with serial killers it's very rare for a serial killer to have like over 10 20 victims you know yeah well and then Um, even so the small scale crime like the victim typically knows their attacker or you know so it's definitely a, a completely different kind of scale and magnitude comparatively yeah so i was nervous going into it but no, but yeah, definitely Glad loved this it. book. I read it last year. But I just had to look up the notes last night because it has been so long since I read it. And whenever we decided to do this book, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll just reread it. <clears throat> but she thick. She a little thick and juicy. She real thick. Um, you know, like how many pages? Let's see here. About 570 pages worth of thick. Yeah. So um, it wasn't something that I was going to read in a week's time because I know myself. And maybe if I had not a job and everything else, it would be feasible, but it was not. So last night, I cliff note everything um, to catch myself up, back up or remind myself, so to speak. I remembered most of it, though. I just checked and I've read five books since then because I was like, <laughs> how many books have I read since I read this book? Read five. They've all been a lot smaller. Um Actually, just kidding. I think I read six because I read Daisy Jones and the Six. Is it good? I liked it. Uh, so before, I had a friend and coworker kind of tell me that she struggled because it's told in like an oral history form. So mm-hmm. it's told like an interview. It's oh, written that way. I don't know. If um, I do that. Which my favorite Chuck Palahniuk book is written that way, Rant. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to reading it because I've read that book like four times. Um, so that didn't bother me. But I'd also finished the show before I watched it. And Mm. I think it enhanced it because I was able to visualize everything a lot better. Um, See, normally I don't like the shows, like, comparatively to the books. Like, I have to read the book first because the show I just know is going to be such a letdown. Yeah, no, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. Very, very similar. They didn't change just a whole, whole lot. Okay. Um, And the show is really good. Got me very emotional at times. And the book was also very good. So, Well, good to know. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll read it sometime. It's on my it's on my TBR, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but yeah, and so starting off in the book, um, Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, 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 I don't know. Um, but yeah, I assume Hanna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I read it too. But then I was like, who am I to who am I to say? Yeah. <laughs> um. So the first thing I wrote is who is Juliet Gervais? Because I think it starts out with like in more present day um and it's an older woman she's talking to her son i think like packing some stuff up you can like she's getting ready to go to um like a retirement home um she has cancer yeah and something happens where um 
the name you find out her name is Julia Gervais, mm-hmm. and it's like she's hiding something mm-hmm. from her past. There's something she's never told her son about. Yeah, everything's very secretive. You can tell that she keeps a lot of secrets from her family um, and her son. Yeah. Um, and then she gets an invitation to go to Paris to go to an event to commemorate the resistance work during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I, I, I was, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to like this. <laughs> like it started out and I was like, okay, who's the Nightingale? Like what, or who's Juliet? What is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, and does it tell us at the beginning that the son's name is Julian? I think so. I think so. Well, she so she so. decides on a whim that she's going to go ahead and go. At first, she's not. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and pack up and get on a plane and go to Paris. And right. She's like old as fuck. Right. Uh, had you know cancer ridden, doesn't have a lot long left. Um, and so then you know she calls her son like from the airport, and he's like, well, I'll meet you there. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and so Julian comes to get on the plane with her and go to Paris. Um, so then it kind of flips back into, uh, whatever year. Probably like the early 40s, I would assume. Yeah, I don't it's remember if 1939 okay. in France. I was close. Um, and I, I don't know, just I feel like I know the basics of World War II, not a whole lot. So I was kind of trying to like guess what was going on. <laughs> and I think she did a really good job of like showing the slow progression of the intensity of the Nazis and the blind optimism ramped it up and yeah. And just slowly introduced horrible things to the people. Um, Well, and it was just this whole blonde optimism that every country didn't think that they were going to be next. Right. And their, their military is so strong. Their government is so strong. And so the Nazis aren't going to be able to take over. There's no way like, they're not going to let yeah. that happen to us. And just this, so this, I don't know, rose-colored glasses, basically, yeah. that, you know, they're not coming for you. Um, and so while I don't necessarily remember, like, every detail of the book, like, it's definitely one of the most memorable books I've ever read. Yeah. Because every book, you know, basically has uh, the ability to – basically convey emotion right there's only like a handful of books that can really evoke emotion Mm -hmm. from the reader and for me that was huge just because it's like the all of the emotions that you feel while reading the book like you're scared for them and then just the progression of the things that go on in the children in the book yeah and so this book was Anyway, we'll get into that some more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just I'm not gonna keep bragging on the book. But anyway, moving along. So we get introduced to Vianne, Antoine, and Sophie. I called her Vianney. Vianney. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, we're gonna butcher these names. We are not French. No, no. So I just called her Vianne the whole time. Vianne or Vianne. 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 I don't know Fritz. Sorry. We don't know no French. <laughs> um, but yeah, I called her. I, I don't know. I called her. We'll v call her V. I, v because I was thinking like Vienna sausages. <laughs> but that has an E. It's V I E. When this is V I A, so it should make a different sound. But isn't isn't Vienna in in France? No, it's Italy. Are we sure? I'm pretty sure Vienna is Italy. <laughs> 
about Look. to Google it. <laughs> okay. Vianney, Vian, Vian. We'll call her V. V. V and Anton are married, and they have a daughter named Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> Uh, and then V has a sister named Isabel. There's a 10-year difference between them. And they're polar opposites. So yeah. V's more the conservative, mature sister living happily ever after with Antoine and Sophie, whereas <laughs> Isabel's the younger, rebellious, um, crazy one. What's what's funny? Sorry, but- we were both wrong. V was the capital of Austria. <laughs> okay, that's what I was thinking. It was somewhere else. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's Italy, but I'm not going to sit there and say Vienna, I'm so Vienna, Austria. Yes, sorry, Austrians. <laughs> okay, so it still doesn't tell us what her name is, but no. But anyway, it's up to the interpretation of the reader. <laughs> yes, or the Frenchman. But yeah, uh, V's <laughs> V's a lot more quiet. Kind of does what she's told, uh, and then Isabel is very much like rebellious like the punk rock yeah of 1939 for sure um their mom died when v was 14 she got pregnant at 16 and married at 17 and also miscarried at the same time she kind of withdrew from the family because they um, live out like in the countryside yeah mm-hmm. um went to live i don't know if i ever actually wrote down like the name of their place coco Covert, covert. Oh shit! It starts. With, <laughs> it starts with a C. Um, cover something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll try and find it. Um, but they that that was her husband's um Antoine's family's place, oh. and so that's where they live. Well, okay. Great. Um, and then Isabella's in Paris at, or she's somewhere, but she's at basically an all girl school and gets yeah, expelled yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. of her antics and then is sent back to her dad's house in Paris or her mm-hmm. dad's apartment mm-hmm. and uh, because she got expelled from her all girl school. Yeah. And so everyone knows like the war is coming. It's just, like, you know, the beginnings. Um, and um, Anton gets drafted. Yes. And that to me, not, of course, um, I don't know, not to put anything on V or anything, but I feel like that should have really signified the severity of it to where our rose-colored glasses need to be removed. Like, this is serious. He's being drafted. Especially since their dad was in World War One. Yeah, we don't need to have so this they false know, sense of security that know. Nazis not going to be able to invade France. Right. Like, they should know. Right. Um... And then I think that, like, part ends with him saying goodbye to them. And then it jumps forward in time to 1940. I was trying to be, like, really organized when I was taking notes and, like, keep up with the dates My and stuff. All over the place. That didn't happen. Look, like we've always said, <laughs> you don't come here for facts. It, like, it, it kind of happened, but then it really didn't happen. So. Did it happen? <laughs> I have June 1940, France. Um, Isabel's at a manor school. She just keeps getting kicked out. Dad's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Paris gets bombed. Yes. And so that's when Isabel gets sent to V. Yeah. So basically the father's like, you have to leave. You're riding with these people. And so here is your, uh, here's your ticket out of here. And I'm going to stay here and protect. Because he's like a, he owns like a, like a bookstore or something. Yeah, yeah, he owns yeah. a bookstore. And so he's going to stay here in the apartment, I guess, to protect it. And so she has to leave and meets uh, 
get on. How did you pronounce it? G. Gayet. What? I don't know. <laughs> it's got the little uh, it's got the dot over it. Yeah. Okay. You, you found the city. What is it called? Uh, Caravo. Caravo. I told you it was called something with C. I know. I remembered that. I just didn't remember what it was. <laughs> so, yeah. V, Sophie, and Antoine live in Caravo, and this is where Isabel is now being sent to to basically seek shelter and safety. Yeah. And it was... This is when I really was like, okay, maybe I can get into this because the way she writes is really well Mm -hmm. and it does put you in the middle of it. And so I could see like in my mind's eyes, I'm reading it, like her riding with the family. Mm -hmm. There's smoke and ash everywhere. Mm -hmm. People are panicking, going crazy. Um, And yeah, just really, really intense stuff. Um, And along the way, this is where she meets Gaton? 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 I don't know. I don't know. But basically, he's like, we're going to fight in the resistance together. Yeah. And together and with a bunch of other people, they travel to Kit Caravan. Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to stay at uh, V's house. Yeah. But she basically locks them out because she can't take everybody in. So. No, no, no. That's way later. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was now. No, the first time they get bombed on the way there. And so they're struggling to make it. And mm. Isabel is like, like she got hit or something like that or inhaled a lot of smoke or something. So she's pretty sick when she first gets there. And G leaves her yeah. to go back to Paris to fight or whatever. Uh, I was thinking they were with, like, the mass of people. And not, yeah, that's oh, later on. Yeah, look, that's later I on. told you it's been a while since I've read it, so don't trust, <laughs> don't trust me. Okay. Um, yeah, because they get caught in the bombing. They make it to V, and then he leaves, and she's all upset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Now um, I remember a little which, bit. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I believe in love, all that stuff. I'm always skeptical when someone falls in love quickly. But given the circumstances, oh, it was a little bit of a you get into a bombing with somebody. I Because at first I was like, okay, you love him, you little 18-year-old. And I'm like, you know what? Even at my grown-ass age, if I get in a bombing with someone, say, I'm probably going to end up thinking I'm in love with them, too. Well, they've so. already been through some shit. Credit. Credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Wolfgang Beck. The Nazi soldier has to come and stay with them, which, listen, I'd be so fucking pissed. I would be too, but this, I mean, it really, she does a good job of depicting, like, the the home, the things that are going on at home. So, a yeah. lot of times whenever you read, like, a historical fiction, World War II book, you're going to see... Or you're going to read a lot of perspectives from, like, the soldiers yeah. or the people in the camps um, and what they had to go through, of course, and which is still important but you don't read a lot of books that are from the homestead point of view right. like what's going on with the women what are they having to endure what's going on at the people who are who are still at home right and you see two very distinct attitudes too because isabel she's obviously young she's like she doesn't you. really understand yeah she just wants to be like fuck you get out of our house etc mm-hmm. etc et we're not going to listen to you. But V's just trying to stay alive. Yes. Which and obviously she, she has a daughter, so. Right. And she's like, I have to stay alive. We have to stay safe. Yeah. Maybe if we don't ruffle any feathers, sure. like my husband will come back and, you know, things mm-hmm. will be okay again after we get through this. So, um, 
I get I get both. <laughs> I, I get I get both because especially as like a mom, you have to think about your kid. Right. Whereas Isabel, she's like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck him. Like, I'm over it. Um and yeah, then so, that, of course rightfully so. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting too because like especially here in the US, you know, and everywhere I'm sure they're taught to respect soldiers everyone thinks thanks for their service and they usually are very respectable but knowing in hindsight the atrocities so many of the Nazis committed well and they knew the atrocities too because that was the whole entire thing of it they knew what was going on in other countries and so that's where they were so scared that the Nazis were going to invade, but they just didn't think it was going to happen. But then you have to remember that there are probably still soldiers in the Nazi party mm-hmm. that didn't sign up for this. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And I feel like Beck might have been one of them. Yeah. And so we, of course. He was actually decent. <laughs> yeah. He was actually pretty decent, even though he's carrying out orders according to you know his superiors and so he asks uh v for a list of names of jews and communist teachers at the school that she works at and being the um rule follower that she is and just trying to keep the peace she gives it to him and of course you know her friends and colleagues names are on there um, yeah and uh, surprise surprise they lose their jobs yeah and this is when you start to see, like, the slow progression of it. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, well, they're occupying us now. Yeah. Fine. Who are some of the Jews? Um, Okay, you have this list. They lose their jobs. Terrible. But not as bad as it But is. you can survive it. Sure. Um, and then it very clearly ends up progressing from there. Sure. But just those little kind of seeds like that. Um, Isabel ends up leaving and going back to Paris because she's like, fuck this shit. I'm not staying in here with mm-hmm. this Nazi. I'm going to go fight the resistance, whatever, whatever. Um, and V's kind of like, yeah, you got to get out of here because you're going to say something to get us all <laughs> yeah, killed and get my daughter risk. killed. Yeah, but then it goes back to like your kid. Like, obviously, your kid is the most important thing. Right. And not that I have any kids, but if it comes down to like my kid or my brother's big, big, like big ass mouth that yeah. he has because I think we're pretty similar in that sense. But um, yeah, I'd be like, you, you got to go. Yeah. Um, let's see. We find out Anton's a prisoner of war. Um, I thought it was interesting that there was just like a little, just a little drop of a mention of the SS when Isabel steals the bike. I don't remember. And uh, I, well, I wrote that down because obviously the SS the are, you know, like the the inner party that committed the most <laughs> atrocities. Heinous crimes. Um, but yeah, so she goes to Paris for Henri, one of the leaders of the resistance. She's going to pass letters. And uh, I put Nazis break down their wall. I don't really remember what that's about, though. Um, oh, I think the wall in France. I think that's when they officially occupy. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. There's so much in this book. Yeah, there's guys. a we're lot so going sorry. on. So <laughs> if we like, if we bypass some stuff, obviously it's a long ass book, and we're trying not to be here all day. Right. Which right. is why. Um. So we're really just kind of getting the meat of the story and the gist of it. So I feel like there was definitely some kind of slow parts, mm-hmm. which not that necessarily. Um. They were still interesting. They, they were still didn't, interesting. Like, propel the story for it. Yeah, I just felt like some of it probably could have been 
cut out, but also then the, then maybe the story just wouldn't have been as good. Um, and so some parts were a little slow for me, but, uh, you know, still really enjoyed it overall. Um, and then Isabella or Isabel starts guiding the soldiers across the border to Spain. Mm-hmm. And that's where she gets the code name, the Nightingale. And so I actually looked up like Nightingale because I know it's a bird, but I'm like, what's the significance of the bird? Mm-hmm. And basically Google, according to Google, it said the Nightingale is a bird that sings predominantly at night, a beautiful melody, and it represents compassion. Oh. So I thought that was pretty cool. A little hmm. symbolism or metaphor or yeah. something like that. Anyway. Um, so let's see. If my next one's May of 1941. Um, <laughs> I don't. I guess I really didn't like her dad at the beginning because I literally wrote, Isabel makes it to her asshole dad. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he was kind of a dick in just the fact of like he didn't want to take care of the girl. Like he, it shows – in the book or tells us in the book that he didn't really take care of them yeah after the mom died like it was more so v who had to take care of both of them and raise um isabel and so he just wasn't very present or yeah. a good role model or a good father and then as soon as v left he ships isabel out to um, basically a, a boarding school right and so we just don't really get a good vibe from him yeah and kind of leading up to isabel um starting to help the soldiers across um i've jumped ahead my bad you're fine <laughs> look i've just got the um, condensed version notes. yeah <laughs> they well they start banning jewish jewish people from like going out and shopping at mm-hmm. certain times um things start changing at caravo with beck they're kind of like falling into a routine that's pretty friendly um, and he's kind of taking care of them too, though. Yeah. And so while meat and stuff is being rationed yeah. and portioned and bread. He's and helping them out with he's that. He's helping them out. Yeah. Diane gets a letter from Anton. So that's kind of like bolstering a little bit. She does end up losing her job too. Um, and so she starts to kind of panic because she has like some money mm-hmm. um, that he left. But, you know, that's the thing that she's got to figure out how to. It's winter's coming. Yeah, winter, <laughs> blistering winters. So he's already so skinny. I wrote, Isabel got a new identity and is the old lady because it's the name, Juliet, mm-hmm. that she gets. That's her identity. Um, and then I think I just like the name Tor- Torrance McLeish. And so then at this point, <laughs> we're under the impression that the old lady in the beginning of the story is, 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 is Isabel. Yeah. And so we still don't know for sure who it is, but we're kind of getting this idea that it's probably her because they have the same name. Yeah. We also find out that her dad is the one that wrote the papers for Isabel and has been forging um, the papers for the French freedom people. Mm-hmm. Um so, so our impression of him improves. <laughs> Not a complete piece of shit, just a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> and then men to help airmen get shot and women sent to concentration camps. Yeah. And so that's where any kind of like uh, over planes, I was trying to think. Okay, so overhead yeah, yeah. planes that get shot down or fall um the resistance goes to help the allied soldiers and hopefully you know get them back well again and isabel escorts them over so it's some uh englishman 
Like maybe there's some Irish in there or something. Yeah, some some Welsh, some Americans. <laughs> I thought it was a little, a little bit everybody that were that was in the Allied forces. The, the little snippets of cultural differences and the different soldiers cracked me up. Yeah, um, I liked seeing that. So yeah, she gets codenamed Nightingale. It's like this really treacherous hike through the mountains mm-hmm. to Spain. Um, really hardcore. Um. <laughs> That I need a man to walk through mountains for me. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. <laughs> walk through the mountains of Spain for me, and I know it's real. Uh, but they make it. They make it. Their guide was cracking me up. He's like, pick it up. Let's go. Yeah. We got to get out of here. And they had their little esper drills to hike in. Um, she gets a bunch of people crossed over because then the mm-hmm. the soldiers start to hear about the nightingale and yeah. get pissed. Because they're hearing about all of these um, allied forces or all of these planes that have dropped and there's missing soldiers. Yeah. And so they know that the resistance is helping somehow. Yeah, it and, starts to get yeah, really so, dangerous for and, her. And they also think the Nightingale is a man. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously a woman is not capable of How doing How could all this, of this little 19-year-old girl there's, get all these men across safely? Yeah, there's no way. It has to be a man. Um, back at Caraval. Rachel, who is uh, V's best friend, mm-hmm. next door neighbor, she is Jewish, and her and her daughter have to start wearing the yellow stars. Mm-hmm. She was one of the uh, the Jewish people who lost um, their job at the school. Yeah, but once again, Beck kind of um, we like him a little bit more because he basically warns Rachel that her and Sophie need to go, or her and Sarah, sorry. Her and Sarah need to go into hiding and Ari, the baby, but yeah. Um, and so it warns them that they need to go into hiding um, because something's coming. Yeah. Um, which that's when I was really like, okay, yeah, shit's starting to get real now. Right. Um, they start gathering, f- they start with foreign born Jewish people and sending them to concentration camps. And then, um, it's really just any Jewish person. Mm-hmm. They gather them into a stadium to ship them off. Um, this part's really heavy, but V tries to hide. Trigger warning. Yes. Tries to hide Rachel um, or send her off with the kids. So they actually hide them in their cellar, mm-hmm. um, in this hidden part of the cellar that's under a car for like a day. And... Um, they bring them out because they think the coast is clear. They brought them out too soon. So she races them off to a checkpoint to try and Get smuggle them, them past. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that happens, they uh, they open fire and Sarah gets killed. Yeah. So Sarah's the daughter who is Sophie's best friend. And this is at this point. V has to tell Sophie that obviously her best friend died mm-hmm. um, and she's trying to really use like euphemisms and sugarcoat it and put it lightly. Yeah. And at this point, you really see Sophie's uh, change in mindset from childlike to more adult-like because mm-hmm. she had to grow up very quickly and as most kids did during that time. I think she's only like 10 yeah, at this point. Yeah, still very young. Um, and so V's trying to like break it down gently and just tell her that people pass away. Mm-hmm. And Sophie's basically like, do you think I'm stupid? I know yeah. it's because she's Jewish. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, V or V, whatever, of course feels horrible that, you know, her little daughter is, you know, experiencing and like knows 
actually knows what's going on. Yeah. Which I can't even imagine. That's got to be yeah terrible. Like it's so. bad enough to be living in that reality, let alone having your small children aware of what's going mm-hmm. on. Because it's like you want them to be aware so they're safe, but also trauma. Yeah, right. The worst kind of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel. But I feel like at that point in time, like you just have to like let them know yeah, to keep them safe and then to. you can go to therapy later. Right. And deal with it then. Right. Um, Rachel gets taken at the same time. I thought – Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. I was just writing shit down. Never mind. <laughs> um, and then Beck actually gets fake papers for Ari, the baby, who's mm-hmm. now to be called Daniel. And he's, I think, like two or three. So he he's old enough to understand, like, you have your name is now this. Yeah. And you have to answer to this. And I am your mom. Right. Yeah. B um, pretends like it's hers. Yeah. I think they said something about, like, it like a cousin of hers died or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, they adopted before the war or yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then so this is when Isabel comes back because she um, – they get caught and hide an airman that died uh, in – well, he he was wounded. Mm-hmm. She, well, hides she, ha- she hides them in the cellar. Yeah, he was wounded. Yeah, he ends up dying in the cellar. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I have a Nazi soldier in the house that us. lives with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Beck ends up finding them. Mm-hmm. I think. Does he shoot? So Isabel? he, yeah, he shoots Isabel. V hits him in the back of the head with a shovel. And Isabel also shoots him. <laughs> so he gets shot, hit in the head with a shovel. But Isabel also gets shot. Okay, it's a okay. through and through. But she loses a lot of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. Beck's dead. So now they have a dead airman and a dead Nazi in the in cellar. The cellar. <laughs> Which I was no kinda, big deal. I was kind of sad about Beck. Uh, yeah, but also at the same time, like V thought that he was going to kill her. Wait, but did he not recognize her? Or I don't. I, mean, I don't I, know. I, I don't remember exactly how that went down because I'm like, did Beck not like obviously had seen Isabel before? I think it was like he in the moment kind of thing. Like he realized what was going on, and then I think maybe he saw Isabel's weapon. Oh, maybe. And was just like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But well, they shot maybe, at the same time. I mean, I still feel like he could have been like, wait, did you find him down here? Yeah. Like she, she could have played it off. Like he came down here on his own. Yeah. Like, and I found him down here. Well, and I remember he was starting to get more pressure and stressing out about being away from home mm-hmm. and all the horrible things that was going on. And he sure. was powerless to do it. And so he was kind of like, I think maybe in a precarious position and was like, I can't have a dead airman in here. The house that I'm in charge stationed of. Yeah. yeah. Stationed at. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that's the uh, end of Beck, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Wolfgang Beck. So then uh, (laughs) we flash forward a little bit to October 1942, which I was like, okay, this is when shit really starts to get real. And I was like, so, okay, what's going to happen in the next three years? Because I know the war is over in 1945. (laughs) So I'm like in the middle of the book, like, okay, so this is when this is happening. Yeah. Vi- or v, we're just going to call her V. Uh, gets Vienna questions. Sausages. Yeah, Vienna Sausages gets questions. Um, and then Von Richter gets stationed. I hate him. Yeah, Fuck he's him. he is what you think of Whenever as you a think quintessential of like Nazi soldier. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a, he wants to be there. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. Um, just the worst kind of person. And then Isabel and 
G. Gaetan. Gaetan. I don't know. Uh, they have another brief fling. V saves Jean Georges. And the Nazis officially occupy all of France. Dun, dun, dun. That's what happened in 1942. <laughs> uh, 1944. So V. I love their timeline. You're just. So accurate. I tried. I tried because so there was so much shit going there, on. There, I mean, it's a six hundred page book. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention, um, V helped eighty seven airmen in eight months. Yeah, get out of France. Yeah, a lot. I thought that was like insane. Well, and at some point, maybe not yet. I don't remember, but V is also helping somewhat in her own part. Yeah, that was the next thing. She okay. helps uh, like thirteen Jewish kids. Yeah. Um, more than, I thought it was Stay more than refuge. that overall. I think at this point, oh, at this it point, was yeah, just yeah, 13. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of the same thing with Daniel where his – or with Ari where he was – his papers were forged mm-hmm. to Daniel. Same concept. Um, she's rescuing these Jewish children in forging their identity papers so that way they can be sent to a local Catholic orphanage and not have to go to concentration camps. And yeah. so – and the other cool thing that I think it kind of mentions is that neither V – or Isabel really know the full extent of what each other is doing. Right. And so, of course, like V thinks Isabel is rebellious and careless and reckless. And Isabel thinks that V is basically just scared. Blind. Yeah, and scared and blind as a bat and naive and isn't going to do anything and just lay down and take it yeah. kind of thing. Um, but they're both helping in their own way. Yeah. Um, Isabel ends up getting arrested. So she, um, gets nursed back to health, goes back to Paris for more revolution things, um, gets arrested. She gets tied to a chair naked in the refrigerator and is like. Tortured. Yeah. The works. That Um, was intense. And they're asking her and questioning her, like, who is the nightingale? Like, what's your relation? Like, what do you know about him? And so she just kind of thinks it's comical that Mm -hmm. they think it's a man. Yeah. Um, and then turns out their their dad is going to turn himself in as the nightingale, as the nightingale. to save Isabel. And so um, this is where we're like, okay, Julian, you're not a piece of shit. I know. It was really, really sad. Yeah. It was really sad because they take him at his word. He ends up getting executed. Mm-hmm. And um, Isabel has to watch. Yeah. And Isabel watches mm-hmm. it. And then she gets taken to Ravensbrook um, after her father's execution, which – I had to stop there and What's look that? up Ravensbrück. It, it was a women's concentration camp. Oh, it okay. was like one of the most prolific ones, I think. But it was also mentioned in another book oh. that I read by Simone St. James. And mm-hmm. I was like, where have I heard this Is from? Is that the book of cold cases? Um, was it the book of cold cases that it was in? Mm-hmm. Didn't, she, didn't she write? Yes, Okay, I haven't she did. read it yet, but it's on my Um, I can't remember if it was that or another one. No, I don't think it was the book of cold cases. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll have to look up the book later, but okay. she did write that. It is very good. Sundown Motel is my favorite by her. Okay. 10 out of 10. Anyways. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, v ends up being pregnant. Yeah. So we're learning that Von Richter mm-hmm. has, of course, been raping her this whole time. Yep. In order, And she does it, of course, cooperates in order to keep Sophie safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, she becomes pregnant with his baby. And then Anton comes home. Because the prisoner of war camps are starting to get liberated. Yeah. Um, and she decides she's not going to tell him the truth about this yeah. new Which, baby. And I really feel like, I don't remember what it said, but something that really 
like maybe his face or something like that mm-hmm. as he did the math in his head. Mm-hmm. And so something that shows or maybe alludes to the fact that he probably knows it's not his biological yeah. kid just based on how long he's been gone. Um, but of course he's not going to say anything otherwise because he knows, you know, the probably what happened. Right. And at some point, um, oh, okay. It's, this is in February, 1945. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Isabel gets, uh, she's a prisoner for nine months and then she gets moved as she's about to get moved to another concentration camp. That camp gets liberated by the Americans. Um, so she gets to go home. And she's all, you know, fucked up from being in a concentration camp. Um, G finds her there. And Daniel gets sent to America because after... He has some, like, cousins. Yeah, after the war is over, they start um, tracking down, like, the Jewish children that got hidden. Yeah, um, and their surviving family. I think she was keeping track of, like, all their real names and stuff, too. And then, like, gives um, gives it to them so they can track down family. Everyone's trying to find their families and whatnot after the war. Right. Um, So he gets sent to America. And that was really, really sad. Yeah, because... V wanted to keep him Mm -hmm. and continue to raise him. And obviously, like, that's his primary family or has been for the last while. Yeah. While all this has been going on. Um, And so, of course, he's old enough to, like, know. And so he's obviously traumatized by having to leave um, his, you know, primary family at this point. Um, G comes back and finds Isabel. And then they, they don't get very long together. No, because she's, like, deathly ill. Yeah. But they do get some time together, and they, um, she basically like dies in his arms. Yeah, they only get like, like a, basically a few minutes yeah. or something, or you yeah. like, I don't know, I don't remember the whole gist of it, but it was not, a very short time. Yeah, a very short lived like reunion. Um, happy to see him now. She can die. In yeah. Peace. Which was um, so sad. Yeah. And so, of course, like, you're – because at that point, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I like, was she just, survived torture. I she know. She survived getting 80-something soldiers across the Spanish border. And then all of a sudden, she dies at the – whenever liberation comes. Yeah. I was reading – Which is the unfortunate truth for so many people. I think I was reading this part at work at, at like, right here. And I was like, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm not crying you <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I literally wrote, oh, it's V. <laughs> v. Yeah. Um, we figure out that the the Juliet mm-hmm. that has gone to Paris in 1995 is actually V. Yeah. Um, and Sophie ended up dying of cancer later. Mm-hmm. So it's like, poor V. Yeah. She really, like, she, she's had a riff. She goes but, through it. Yeah, so the commitment or the ceremony is to commemorate the resistance work. And, of course, they recognize Isabel for mm-hmm. what she did, but they also recognize V for all of the children that she saved. Yeah. And Ar- Ari is there, too. I know. And he named his daughter Isabel. That got me, oh too, boy. I, I, I was like, like, oh, like, my, God. My eyes are getting hot thinking oh about God. it. And, like, uh, and then her son, Julian, of course, named after her dad. Yeah. Um, he's realizing that his mom has a lot of secrets because yeah. he did not know this about her. And he's wanting to know all the secrets. And she's like, I'll tell you everything except for one. Yeah. And so you can pretty much guess that he's not going to know who his biological father is. Right. Which I don't blame her on no, that No, of one. course not. Because then that's just where biologically it doesn't make a difference. Right. And it's not who, that's not who your dad is. Um. And so, yeah. When I realized it was Ari, I think I literally, like, out loud was like, oh. 
Oh, yeah. oh my heart. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And so a not so happy ending, but very tearful and, you know, powerful and s- somber, but heartfelt. Ending. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And so definitely despite all of the slow parts of the – or the, some slow parts I felt like were in the book, I still gave it like a 10 out of 10. But just like like I said in the beginning, like no, not very many other books can really evoke this type of emotion from the reader. Yeah. Um, and just the point of view that it was told from that you don't really get from any other like historical World War II fiction books. Um, and so – yeah, it was a 10 out of 10 for me. I gave it 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Listen. You had to throw the steam bucket at your head. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for me is something I'm going to want to reread all the time. Because I'm a huge rereader. Okay. I reread I shit I'm, all I'm, the I'm time. I'm not a big rereader, but I'm also not a big rewatcher. I am. I Unless reread. Like I rewatch. A comfort show. Or a comfort I, movie, I mean. No, I do it all. Okay, I reread. I rewatch all the time. Mostly because I consume so much stuff. I forget things all the time. Uh, and so this is too much to reread emotionally. Sure. But because. But it's so good. It is so good. And that's where it's because of the. And I don't want necessarily want to reread it again because it's not going to give me the same effect. Yeah. But whenever you read something for the first time and it has this like profound um, effect or emotion or whatever on on you on the reader that's where it really just I don't want to reread it again because I'm not going to get that same feeling see I don't mind if I don't have the same feeling when I reread it but it, it just depends on the kind of book that it is and so if it's like a Fair. short like little uh suspense thriller or whatever like fine like I kind of know what happens but I've forgotten a lot of the details yeah. and then I pick you know we've discussed this before where we yeah. read this like Verity read it twice and then you pick up on all the little nuances yeah. that yeah. you didn't the first time and so it makes it cool but this one's just one where I don't want to read it twice but I just want to yeah live in my revere for it well it's almost like um the scent memory thing for me like usually when I reread a book it puts me back into the headspace I was in when I read it the first time Mm -hmm. so I do get to see the new details that I may have missed reading it quickly or whatever um and so I'm sure at some point I will reread this book just because a year from now, I won't remember hardly anything about the but detail the of it. You don't remember the detail, but you remember then, how you felt. True, true. You remember how the book made you feel, how true. you felt at the ending, and how just like profound it was. True. It is an incredibly good book, and I do see why it's hella popular. Because you know, I'm always skeptical too. Like, wait a minute, why is everyone and their mom talking about this book? And I've been proven wrong. More often than I've been sure. right, thinking yeah. that something's overrated. And that's um, where Kristen Hanna has the other book. I think it's called Four Winds. Yes, which I did buy. I, I mean, saw it at Costco. It's, it's got good reviews, yeah. but I'm really, I almost wish I had read that first. I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. Maybe it is just as great, mm-hmm. but I really feel like I'm holding this one to such a high standard that I don't think that Four Winds will be able to compare. Yeah. And so that's where I, I want to read it, but I don't because I feel like I'm just going to be disappointed. Like, of course, it's a completely different book, but... I feel like it'll be different. 
Yeah. But it, it'll I, definitely I have be different. Faith. And so, of course, like I'm being unfair holding it to a different or holding it to the same standard whenever it should be a completely different um, page all on its own. I but, get that, though. I did that. I was nervous about all the dangerous things by Stacey Willingham because mm-hmm. I love Flicker in the Dark so right. much. Yeah. So and she, I was excited because I'm like, yes, another book by Stacey Willingham. But mm-hmm. then I was like, ooh. That's how, uh, yeah. is it going to be well, as and, good? And so you maybe know? you're just holding the author to a higher standard yeah. then. Because like, I think that's what it is. I love Stephen King. I'd mm-hmm. read so many of his books. And then I read, there was only one that really took me a while to get through. And I just did not care for it. And it was Bag of Bones. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was so slow. And it was just, I don't know. I, I was just really disappointed in him. Yeah. And I'm like, do I want to continue reading his books? I don't know. Yeah. But I did. And it was fine. The rest of the books were fine. But, um, but yeah, and so it's really just holding this author to a higher standard now. And will Four Winds be able to, you know, light a candle next to it? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Dust Bowl, so I'm going in it completely <laughs> blind this time. Well, and maybe that's just where, like, the Dust Bowl does not... Compared it, to the Holocaust. Tru- truly. <laughs> Nazi-occupied France. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't speak to me as much, um, or it doesn't interest me as much. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm probably just going into it with the wrong mindset. So and maybe it's I- another thick one, too. Yeah, it is. And so maybe I just won't read it and I'll just, you know. I'll read it and let you know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll, you can let me know. I'll read Whatever. it and let you know. See, I feel like you revealed last week you haven't read any of the Harry Potters. And I'm sure people were shocked. And then I'm like, I've only read one Stephen King Nobody's book. Nobody's came for me yet, so. Only read one Stephen King book. Wow. What book was it? The Outsider. Oh, I did love The Outsider. Because I watched the TV show and I was like, ooh, I want to read uh-uh. the book. I read The Outsider and then I tried to watch the TV show. Couldn't even finish. I loved the show. No. But I also liked the book. I loved the book. I have learned in my grown ass age to watch compare. the show or movie first no. and then read the book. Because I will almost always like the book better. Well, yeah. And, it, and that's why I just, I can, that's why I don't like the show. It's not comparable. It will ruin the show if I like the book more and I read the book before I watch it. So if I know that there is a media. But I don't want to know what happens. And so I get more emotion or I get more, I get more, I don't know what it is. I get more satisfaction from a book than I do from a TV show or a movie. I do too. So I don't want to know what happens before I read the book because I'm trying to piece it together myself. I don't know. There's just something in my brain. Like with Daisy Jones and the Six. Love the show. Very good show. Even if I didn't read the book, I would still like the show. But reading the book, it helped me visualize even more. So even the parts that were different that I maybe liked better in the book than the show, they didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Like with Harry Potter, for example. I am obsessed with the books. The books were my trauma response as a child. (laughs) Like, they are a part of me. So the movies change too much. I love the movies. Nostalgic, wonderful. That's Yeah, that's usually my thing is they change too many things from the book to where it just pisses me off. Right, because you get all your little favorite things about the book and they may not put them in the media. Yeah, well, and I want it to be accurate. If you're going to do a show or a movie over it, then make it accurate. Well, that's why I'm so excited that HBO is going to do a, a Harry Potter TV show where each book is a season. I literally, <laughs> I was talking about this with this. a coworker, and then Katie texted me about it the other day too. I've been saying this for so long. Like every time I talk about Harry Potter with people, I'm like, I want someone like Netflix to make a fucking TV show, each book a season, so they can go and do it right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm like, can I get royalties for this? I have proof of a tweet that idea. I made from three years ago. It was my idea. <laughs> it showed up on my time hop the other day. I was like, see, I did say. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people um, like my age and stuff that grew up with Harry Potter are a little bit like excited, but I think maybe a little nervous about it. But I'm like, no, put it all in there. I want Peeves. I want Jenny done right. I want the whole nine yards. I'm well, like, very pumped. I've seen all the movies, but the books, like that genre of book where it's like wizardry, mm-hmm. sci-fi, anything like that. Um, I don't know. It's not necessarily like my favorite genre. And so that's where I really want to read A Court of Thorn and Roses. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Because there's just so much hype around it, but mm-hmm. because it is so like sci- sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know what it, exactly what it is, but I remember like reading the synopsis, and I was like, "It's not my my typical genre." Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, that's where I'm like, eh. I'm very picky when it comes to it. Uh, one of my best friends, Alyssa, just read the whole series, and she's like, "Read it." And I'm like, I will put it on the very long list of books that I yeah, have right I mean, that's now. Because it's on the list, but it's towards the bottom, just because the genre is not my go-to. I feel like with Harry Potter, it's more like whimsical kid tales, especially for the first, like, two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, obviously, they age as they age. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously still in that genre, but I think it's a little bit more palatable for a lot of people. Yeah. Even if they don't like that, well, because it is very where- much like it starts out as a kid story. Like, it's a, okay. it's written well, for 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Yeah, that makes more sense. But even even just, like, I think about, like, Peter Pan or something mm-hmm. like that. It's not something I'm going to read because, like, the whimsical fairy wizards, anything like that, it's not yeah. a thing. Um, you know, and so, I don't know. Maybe I should give it a shot. You should. Because even, like, I think I said that before, it's even my husband, who does not read at all, yeah, uh, has read the Harry Potter books. Yeah. So. You should. That's probably the only books he's read in his life, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We still like him. <laughs> We'll yeah. still accept him. Into- He's I. We'll keep him around. <laughs> I mean, you're married to him. Because he feeds me. <laughs> That's very important. Look. <laughs> Feed me and buy me alcohol and we'll be okay. And that's exactly what he does. We're going to local alum tomorrow and I'm so fucking excited. Very nice. Literally, I'm just, because there's no good margarita places in Conway anymore. There's not very many good, there's really no good Mexican restaurants in Conway anymore. And yet you want me to move there? Um... Well, I, f- I left that part out. <laughs> because You're going to deny me margaritas and you want me to move there? Because it's closer to me. And there's houses on my street for sale. Okay. I think there's one. <laughs> Allegedly. Who, who needs a good Mexican restaurant whenever I'm there? I make, I I make bomb-ass tacos, let me tell you. I do too, but sometimes I don't want to do it. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, I want a good margarita. I don't want to... Pre, pre-mixed sugary shit. I want like homemade, mm-hmm. fresh squeezed lime. Oh, yeah. Tahini on the rim, preferably. Um, And then I try to get like a skinny margarita and they put orange juice in it instead. And so then it just tastes like orangey lime thing. Not very good. That uh, that no. sounds horrible. It is. It, I'm not impressed. Um, But anyway, so I'm going to local alum tomorrow and I'm really fucking excited. Very nice. Yeah. Trying Mockingbird Taco tonight. Oh, it's good. It used to be uh it used to be Dos Rocas. Yeah. I've like I tried it a long time, like several mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I wanna say Mitch and I ate there and I think it had like a revamping here in mm-hmm. the last year or so. Really? And I hadn't been back since then. Yeah. Trying to go to different places because I go to the same places all the time. Yeah, no, it's really good. And it's pretty much because we used to go frequently because 
at the time, whenever Dan and I first started dating, I lived in West Little Rock. And Katie was actually our intern at the hospital I worked at. And so me and my, my friends from internship um, that were still hanging out at that point, even though we were all working and whatnot, um, used to meet up for Mexican and Marg's. And so we would go to Dos Rocas because best margaritas, best, like, I don't know what they do to their chips or what seasoning they put on there, mm-hmm. but it's so good. And uh, anyway, so we invited Katie and we all got plastered because we went to midtown billiards afterwards oh gosh and, not midtown yeah and literally she's like i'm not drunk with my precepts and i'm like oh, i don't tell anybody that i think she might have told me about yeah, that because like, it's ringing some bells yeah i'm like okay, i'm like okay well how about we don't tell linda that that's hilarious <laughs> um, but it was really fun and but then they changed it to mockingbird and i'm like what the fuck but then whenever i went it was basically all the same food and like the same margaritas and everything so very it was nice. just a name change or rebrand probably probably but i liked it i haven't been in a long time nice but anyway so if you'll ever visit arkansas as we talk about these local restaurants that y'all don't know anything (laughs) about um unless you're from here uh then yeah visit uh local lump or mockingbird tacos yeah and if you happen to live out of state and you visit let us know we'll give you some recommendations because i'm hungry ass bitch and i like we'll come with you for sure it'd be so much fun as long as you invite us otherwise we won't give you any recommendations yeah we like food we have to come that's the rule (laughs) (laughs) well you've got our booze review you got our book review yeah did we did we miss anything else i don't think so Well, be sure and rate, review, subscribe, follow, like, retweet, hashtag. Books Banter Podcast. (laughs) That's going to be our hashtag. (laughs) Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, is that our Instagram handle? Uh, Yeah. It's Books Banter Podcast. Yeah. Books Banter Podcast on Instagram. Email us at booksbanterpodcast at gmail.com i knew you would come through and then on facebook uh books booze and banter exactly so (laughs) one of us is on top of this and one of us is just here (laughs) (laughs) listen i know all the names of things i am terrible at actually posting regularly (laughs) yes i am considering i forgot that an episode was releasing so it's fine it's fine it's Um, okay we'll get it together allegedly someday probably not probably not we'll get there you love us anyway (laughs) what else do you have to do (laughs) besides love us (laughs) and uh yeah so uh you want to tell them the next book that we're doing yes we are going to be reading sometimes i lie by alice feeney sometimes i lie sometimes i truth it's a doozy it was a pretty damn good book it's a doozy um we'll give you that hint i dig it yeah okay so yeah um like we said like review rate whatever all the stars um and write us tell us what you want us to do next or you already know what we're doing next but tell us what you want us to do at some point yeah because we're just making it up as we go along truly talking about whatever tickles our fancy books booze bitches (laughs) (laughs) makeup we love the bitches beauty Exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Extra fries. All right. Bye. Bye.